so we weren't recording just now, but Curtis was telling me a, a joke, basically. It was a long explanation, but it did have a punchline. And at the end, Curtis got close to his mic like this to, to relay punchline. Uh, pu- the punchline of the joke. So what if that's how the future is going to be? We're all going to have headphones and our own little personal mic. How cool would it be so you can like emphasize certain things because like just by your choice of getting closer to a microphone. And then you could sound really nonchalant and like you're not not don't really care too much and you're not present in the conversation by stepping away from the mic like this. Like, exactly. I really don't care about what you're saying, but I'm going to tune in a little bit just to give my opinion and I'm out. I think that would be a great way to like, you know, when you're in a conversation and the conversation really isn't going anywhere and you're like trying to get out of that conversation, <laughs> how you relay that information is just to just step like, back. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. All right. Okay. No, but you don't yeah. understand this. No, yeah. The person right. cut me yeah. off in Starbucks. Uh-huh. You don't no. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll see you. Oh, oh right. Gotta, of course. Yeah. Leave. No, I totally get it because yeah, you're going. relaying this information I'm gonna, about. I'm going to leave. Bye. And then, <laughs> see, I think that would be great. This is the future. We are discovering the future in our podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Jacob. I am one of your hosts. I'm Curtis. I'm the other one, I guess. Yeah. Um, we do a podcast. <laughs> Is that how we open it? I ba- forget. Backyard tabletop. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how we open it. I, I just we no, introduce ourselves, good. and you're you have good. to think of something different every time. How are you? Jake? So, I'm, I hey, I'm doing pretty good. Sorry, I was taking a drink. No, that's I okay. Really, mm-hmm. I just there wanted to ask like you how you were. Before. I'm doing pretty good, man. It's Monday. I had a good day. I went to the bank. I bought some new sound equipment stuff. So that was pretty good. Great. Yeah, May's right around the corner. Yeah. I like May a lot. I think it's one of my favorite months. It's the end of my birthday month. It is. You did just have a birthday. Yeah. Well, a few weeks ago. I just got one of my birthday presents today, and you're going to see it next time we play Curse of Strong. Oh. Is it a sword? No. <laughs> Why? What? <laughs> I don't know. Are you going to start getting real? It's like you die in game, you die in real life. Okay, guys, we're done playing D anD D. We're moving on to LARPing. <laughs> this is <laughs> it is the ultimate way to role play. <laughs> it is the superior game. Um, no, so you just started building your own world, and this was something that you kind of always were like, "No, nah, that's literally, really kind of like other people." Literally things. two episodes ago, I was like, I, "I've." I'm not creative enough to yeah, make my own world. I'll exactly. just I'll stick to the <laughs> to the books. <laughs> exactly. You stuck to, and honestly, you run the modules very well. Um, yeah. From you know my experience and my opinion, you probably run the modules better than anyone else I've really watched because you run it pretty true to the book, and you still put your fingerprint on them. Like the couple things that you've changed changed in Curse of Strahd were really cool. I thought, anyway. Um, yeah, because so, I, I, no matter what your table is, there's going to be people who enjoy different things. So I, I think it's important to understand what your table enjoys and stuff, and because every book is the same, and not everyone's going to enjoy it the same. So exactly, um, and I think you do that, and you also do what's fun for you because yeah. this is something you want to enjoy too. Yeah. 
And I think you do that very well, but you've taken your first few steps. Man, I'm really getting into the radio you, thing at this time. You, you <laughs> I'm getting your first man, few you're sticking your first few steps. Your first, these are your first steps. What am I referencing? To, what was that a reference to? Lord of the Rings? No. <laughs> Star Wars. It's what Obi-Wan says to Rey to, to when she Rey, has her vision. When she has her vision and she hears all these Jedi. I, I, <sighs> no, that was... I don't know. I'm the, out. I'm leaving. You should slam the door as like comedic effect. I just made the joke that we... It was bring a, uh, wrapped it around. I made a joke in reference to the joke we made in the beginning. <laughs> and now I'm doing it again now, by getting okay. really close to the <laughs> This is my punchline. <laughs> Uh, Sorry. Where was I? Oh, yes. You've taken your first few steps yep. into understanding a much larger world. And in this case, it's your world, Curtis. You it's have started world. creating a world. Um, and I kind of want to take it a, a different approach this time. We've kind of mm -hmm. just mainly been doing our thoughts on the matter. But this time, I want to interview you on your <gasps> thoughts and your process and your inspiration of what kind of where this came from yeah. why two episodes ago two episodes ago you were like no nah, that's not my thing now it's a thing i've never been interviewed before jake yeah well this is something we both can put on our resumes i yeah. can be a professional interviewer and you can be a professional interviewee i'm sure that'll be helpful somehow I, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure i'm, I'm sure really someone's good. looking for somebody <laughs> who's really good at getting interviewed <laughs> I think that could be a thing. One one day, a company yeah, is like, "Hey, sure. we just need a we need a, a good face." Yep. Um, and you have a good face, Curtis. So thanks, Jake. Uh, you also have a good voice, so I think it's a good pair. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about where this came from? Why you started making this world? What was kind of the inspiration of you going like, "Hey, you know what? I think this would be a really cool thing. I'd like to try." Um. Uh, I so the the funny thing is is it kind of came out of nowhere and it's not like it's not like I sat there and was going how can I make my world I wasn't like sitting there going think 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 it was just like literally I was driving in the car one day and heard a particular part of a game I was listening to and was like oh wouldn't it be cool if if it was like this instead or something like I got like this little tiny burst of an inspiration and that like exploded the, you know, when a firework goes off and you can watch it go. <laughs> exactly. You know, like that little thought was the little, and then it was like, now that's it. <laughs> you know, it was like suddenly it was like, oh, but then that would mean this. And then that could mean this. And then I could incorporate this idea I've had a couple times. And then that would mean that these people would be like this. And it was like, hmm. whoa, suddenly it was like my brain was like it going it everywhere. Got, yeah, okay. And and that's that's really how things work for me most of the time. It's like it 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 takes a certain spark for me to like finally get the wheels turning like like i've said before i think that's where we kind of differ is uh -huh. you're like an idea guy you just 
come up with stuff and everyone yeah. has their inspirations and stuff oh, yeah, obviously for sure. but you know like for me it's so much more like i always have felt like i'm the I'm the tester and improver, not the idea guy. Gotcha. You know what I mean? I'm quality control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of us is the um, the writer. The other one's the editor. Yeah. Basically. Well, yeah. And, and and that's why I think we work really well together. Yeah. And a lot of the, like, that's why we're such good friends. And we, like, make really fun things together and stuff is because you are always coming up with these ideas. And then I can sit there and go... But what if it was a little bit like this? But what if you it know? was different? No, yeah. <laughs> but what if it wasn't that? <laughs> no, exactly. No, and I completely agree. And I think that's why you make really good characters too. Um, mm. y- you do kind of get these sparks and then are like, I'm going to have this character be a little bit more like this instead of like the the idea that you got from. Yeah. And yeah. So- and and um, yeah, it just kind of started like that. It was just a random thought that kind of turned into a bunch of compounding ideas that I was like, okay, this could either be one of those moments where I sit here and go, all right, cool. I'll, I'll remember that for later and then never think about it again. Or I could take the initiative right now and really actually start working on this. Yeah. And so, uh, as soon as I got home, I literally walked in the door and told my wife, like, hold on, I can't do anything yet. I have to go write some stuff down because I got a bunch of inspiration in, in the car and I don't want to forget anything. And she was like, oh, okay, all right, all right. okay. <laughs> and so I went online and found a Google Docs template someone had made for, like, world building. World building. And it just has a bunch of these, like, questions and sections. It, like, parses everything out into, like, the world... And then like geography and then society and races and everything. It just like parses everything out into sections. Gotcha. And then subsections in those sections. Oh, that's that's um, really cool. Um, in fact, most of where I got these questions, what I use is I bought a book that's build. Uh, it's, it's um, oh, I have it here. I have it open still because I was just reviewing <laughs> it. That way I don't mess up the name. Um, World building in 30 days. 30, bi- oh, wow. 30 days world building is what it is. And it basically just has a list of the the structures to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. You kind of found a, a file and it just like, yeah, yeah you just yeah. put it in a yeah, file. I, li- I literally found just this, this document. Someone made. And it's, it is a, it's a little too in depth for where I am in my process right now, I think. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just kind of filling out spaces that I see. Um, I probably should have found one that was a little more basic. Because, <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I'm literally just starting. Um, but so that's why, yeah, I just went and found that and started filling some stuff out and basically just wrote kind of almost like a small paper (laughs) on like my world and the geometry. And then immediately after that, because one of the biggest things I had in mind was the way the world was structured physically, Mm -hmm. like the, the continents and the way the world is, what size the actual like planet itself is was one of the yeah. first things that came to me for some reason yeah you um, started with the big picture yeah and so i went and found um the this map building software i can't remember the name of it do you remember it ink, ink something i could look it up while you continue yeah to it's it's oh incarnate but oh. it's spelled i-n-k like yeah. ink and then <laughs> incarnate it. it made it super easy for me to just kind of 
drop that idea onto a map so that I can just kind of reference it later and change it. And yeah, so I mean, that's, that's really it. It, it was, it was less like I want to make a homebrew world that I can run things in. And it was more just like, I've had a few small ideas swimming around in my brain. Yeah. And then this one spark of inspiration just kind of sent it all flowing. Um, and so I took the opportunity and actually just put it down on Start paper. putting so. it down. Yeah. And I think that's kind of half the battle oftentimes. We can have all the ideas in the world. I think that happens to me all the time. I have all these yeah. ideas, you know, and I have notebooks literally everywhere. I have yeah. notebooks in probably every backpack that I own. <laughs> And I've probably used only maybe two of them uh, because I know in my head I need to write it down, but that's the step that I usually always fail to do. Well, um, and personally, I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's just me or just because I actually am bad at writing. <laughs> like, I don't like writing physically on paper or pen. Mm. Um, I actually feel like I retain and can reference things so much easier. It's much less of a hassle for me if I do it digitally. Yeah. So I, I just got my little notepad app on my phone and I've been like filling it up recently with just any random thought that comes into my head about the world and how something might work. I'll just jot it down. Like the other day, I <laughs> just for some reason, one of the first things that's come into my mind through all of this is like what the drug would be like what <laughs> yeah what the underworld drug is for the world <laughs> like like the baseline I, I don't know if it's a narcotic technically but the you know the the drug that yeah. is that is prominent in the world and yeah so i just sat there and was like this is one of those things that definitely if i don't write that down i'm gonna lose it lose. and so i just typed yeah. it up real quick and Did, do you think that sparked because in our game that one captain was on catnip what in D D is basically could be like, actually yeah yeah, it could have been that, and uh, uh, just just the way because I was also thinking something about like because my I mean well I'm sure we'll get into this, but something uh, about my world is like it's it's high technology based, but the technology mm -hmm. is based on magic, right? And one of the ways I was thinking of that is like uh, like crystals are basically batteries, right? Right. But then I was thinking like what would happen if you powdered up one of those crystals, crystals. and mm. like laced stuff with it. And that's an idea. It. And because the crystal holds magical energy, what would that do to your body and your mind and stuff like that? And oh, so man. that's that's like what I started writing down was, huh. uh, and its name is Chris, and it's just like, <laughs> like yeah, it's like it's just a it's just like a one drug fits all thing. Like you can powder it and lace it into stuff that you smoke. You can melt it and wow. inject it. You can. Like it's crazy. Yeah. This is um this is the podcast where we talk about fictional drugs, not real yeah, drugs. Yeah, fictional drugs, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Just you know, role play opportunities. You can snort it. <laughs> <laughs> well, just any way imaginable. Oh man. Well, that's great. Before we get into that, I yeah. do want to kind of come back a little bit and let's let's talk about the um the genre and setting of your place and kind of what mm -hmm. sparked that for you. Yeah. I know you mentioned you you saw a picture. I think it was yes. I, when you mentioned this to me a few days ago is it was it basically that picture and then you also you haven't mentioned it yet so um I'll kind of let you explain that whole thing but you kind of want to go for a crystal punk yeah setting or genre I guess mm -hmm. um 
Well, yeah. I guess it'd be a setting. But so what's kind of sparked this? Because Crystal Punk, you know, we're, we're both, you know, fans of like fantasy, but also steampunk and also like cyberpunk is something mm-hmm. we both really enjoy as well. But you want to go a Crystal Punk idea. So let's let's talk about that. First, for those who don't know, because it is relatively still a new term, do you want to explain what Crystal Punk is? Personally, I'm actually not even too sure if it's like a widespread term or if I've I just, never heard of if it. I've just been using it. it a lot because there's this Kickstarter that I that I backed. That's oh, okay. These people that made a setting book for Five E called Crystal Punk. Oh, and, okay. And I've been using that as the term to mean what I envision as essentially sci-fi fantasy in a way, like. Um, but but the other way around. So it's okay. it's more heavily fantasy. It's based in the realm of fantasy, but there's like a lot of heavy sci-fi influence in it, kind of a right. thing. Um, and as far as I know, it's it's really hard to find references for that kind of stuff because it's not super popular. Most of the way that I see it done is like where it's backwards. Yeah, it's like like that show you used to watch where it's like it's on Earth, but you wouldn't know it's on Earth because it's like. Oh, it's super a billion fancy. years uh, yeah, in the that future, was the Shinara, and so everything Shinara has Chronicles. like yeah, everything has like reset. But now yeah. there's like elves and orcs, but those are just like mutations of the human genome, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like a weird mix of fantasy and sci-fi, but it's not like it. It basically is a fantasy. World, fantasy, yeah. Right. With there's magic. no there's no like guns or 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 lasers or anything like that, right. and like magic doesn't power technology or anything. It's just fantasy. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it has a sci-fi background. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of some some kind of blend that I, I mean, I see it in a lot of RPG works. Honestly, like people that make their own worlds tend to do things like this a lot because I think it's a really interesting and like even um, um, Legend of Zelda, the new one that that uh, oh yeah, uh, Breath of the Wild yeah is actually very similar to this where it's like yeah I could it's see a that fantasy sure. world, but then there's this like hyper futuristic technology that has like lasers and like, <laughs> robots and right. stuff and it doesn't really feel like it fits but somehow it melds really well yeah um it's kind of like that but you know the origins of it are different the origins feel much more like steampunk yeah which you know the the genre amplify or uh, exemplifies that genre is like what if this what if it was like our normal world, but then this technology took off mm-hmm. and became the only thing, right? Yeah. So that's like steampunk is like, it's Victorian era, but instead of continuing how our technology normally did, steam technology just went crazy, crazy. Yeah. and took off. That's steampunk. And uh, cyberpunk is like, what if it's our world, but like in the 90s, all of the crazy like technology that was happening right then took off and so people started like body modifying with that mm-hmm. kind of technology and that's why everything in in uh cyberpunk almost looks like retro and neon is because it's like the technology from 80s. that era just took off yeah. and that's all anyone knows mm-hmm. um so this is almost more like what if it's a fantasy world right but then the the technology of using magic to power technological machines took off. Yeah, like 
like almost like cyberpunk or steampunk. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, you'll find stuff like people that will replace their eye with with a crystal that lets them see things differently or they'll um, uh, modify their arms to be um, uh, crystal powered uh, bionics or they'll replace organs with things or even the like the way warforged work in my world is basically it's somebody who's gone the full hundred miles and has just completely replaced their entire self with crystal powered technological enhancements yeah um and so their whole body is just technology yeah um, powered by magic <laughs> that's that's just a super cool idea i'm not gonna lie um, you also mentioned glowing tattoos and i totally yeah like like there was something else that's something curse. else though, that this kind of popped in my head that same day i was talking about like the crystals and and powdering them and stuff like what if you used that in an ink and infused it into your arms and suddenly your arms are able to absorb or these tattoos are able to absorb and then redistribute this magical energy like you could print a a uh, like a spell um like basically print a spell scroll on your arm in crystal and then your somatic and material component is done mm-hmm. and all you have to do is let that energy loose right and so the writings on your arms is kind like doing the scroll is doing the spell work for you so mm-hmm. i was thinking like you could make like cantrips could just be <laughs> tattoos right yeah. like stuff like that super cool no and i love it and it's not like that's a relatively new idea mm-hmm. but you've kind of made it a little bit really part of your world building rather than just an added on thing that's cool and i think that's that's unique in my opinion Yeah, and that that uh that crystal punk book um definitely kick-started a lot of this lines of thought for me i think um i think their 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 feel is definitely way more into the straight up technology side of things like there's there's not as much fantasy left as I would like in my world. So that's why I'm kind of making it my own thing. I'm definitely going to be using a lot of their stuff for inspiration. Absolutely. Because yeah, it looks like an amazing book and that's probably where I'm going to have to get a lot of my art because this is such a different such thing a that thing, not a lot yeah. of people make art that fits mm-hmm. the feel that I'm looking for, you know? Um, and probably help you put certain rules or yeah. things in the oh, world absolutely. rules into a 5e context rather I'll than having to make that up I'll definitely up be using it in any games I run in this thing because I want there to be subclasses and races and things that make sense in a world that has all this stuff and yeah. they're absolutely going to include that in that book. So. so, super cool. That kind of transitioned to the next part. So once you kind of had that setting, you started building the map out as you had mm-hmm. talked to it a little bit about um, what was cool and you can probably talk about that picture a little bit more now. You said that picture had like sections broken out from this world that had a core. And now it's kind of the continents are, are literally instead of divided by oceans, they're divided by air. Yeah. Super cool idea. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? And um, let me find that picture real quick. Cause if we do talk about it, I want to talk about where it came from. Cause I don't want to just rip it oh, off. Oh, just rip it off. Yeah. Um, that's a great idea. This, uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming the artist is the same guy who made the thing, but it's, so it's a, it's a web comic and I think he actually released an actual book, a print of it as well called Skyheart. Um, but it is, um, his world is called Earth 
as in A-I-R-T-H instead of Earth. It's Earth. Oh, okay. Which is really interesting. Um, but basically, it was a it was a picture I found where he basically made a diagram of how the world is formed. Um, and it just, like, struck me with tons of inspiration and, like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. I've never thought of something like that. The continents and the land is floating um, right. separately from anything. So, like, any earth or land is uh floating in the air and almost orbiting around a separate cloud layer that's underneath the earth um and then and visually i was just thinking of like cloud city from star wars yeah something similar to that but kind of has this cloud but like where cloud city is like like it's a gas giant right Mm -hmm. that's what cloud city is where they just built cities that orbit it so that they can mine the gas or whatever. Um, this is literally the, the... There is land on this world, but for some reason it just floats. It floats. <laughs> like nobody really knows why. Like people have made theories and stuff like that, but no one can really understand it. Um, and so I kind of took parts of that idea and, and just kind of stuck my twist on it and changed things like that. Um, uh but the but the visual of seeing the continents just floating with all these little tiny islands of earth kind of in between them um just kind of kickstarted that thought for me um and so you know in in my world it's it's all of these continents float and they're and they're separate but the actual planet itself is like kind of it's somewhere between like venus and earth sized it's smaller than earth Mm -hmm. so the continents are pretty small like you could get all the way from one side to the other of the continent in you know a couple weeks time of travel if that maybe less um and then you know under under these uh there's like rivers that flow or at least off of one of the continents there's rivers that start in the mountains at the center and flow all the way out to the sides and then they just run off the sides um and then underneath <laughs> so cool visually underneath all these continents and they're thick too they're they're thick almost as like the actual crust of earth is without getting right. down to the crazy depths of like hot rock and all that kind of stuff <laughs> right. um but you know, like a mile or two thick. Underneath all of those, a few miles under them is this layer of clouds um, that no one has ever, nobody knows what's under it. Like every once in a while, there'll be breaks and people will see water down there, way, 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 way down, like way below the clouds. Mm -hmm. Um, But they've never seen any land underneath. And anytime anyone has ever tried to use some sort of flying or a spell or anything like that to traverse through the cloud layer, they are never seen again, ever. It's um, so, so nobody cool. has ever <laughs> discovered what's under there. Um, <laughs> underwear? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm six. Um, uh, but you know, and, and you know, like his his whole thing is. He goes much more in depth about like there's he he has like one two three four five separate sections here where it's like there's the the high islands that are like above the main continents that float 
and then there's the main continents, and then there's the lower islands, and then there's the cloud layer, and then there's like the ocean, and then even below the ocean, there's like cave systems under that. Gotcha. Um, mine isn't quite like that. I have a lot of differences in in you know the layers and like what might be under the water or between the water and the clouds or yeah or what's in the you know the core of the planet or anything like that um but i just kind of saw it and it just gave yeah. me a baseline to work from mm-hmm. um so i i'm i really liked it no i love it and you kind of simplified it a little bit and then i i like that you kind of get into like the the science of it, I guess you could say, because yeah. that's something that I know you're quite passionate about. You love science and understanding things in that way. Yeah. So I can totally see you just seeing that picture and like, okay, this is kind of how it would work. And then just yeah. kind of running with it from there. I love that. So when you kind of started, kind of had that idea of a planet and then the the continents kind of separated, mm-hmm. um, the landscapes on each continent and like natural resources and then you got kind of already mentioned this whole magic system of this crystal. Um, yeah. What kind of made you start doing that when you kind of broke the continents? I know you mentioned that uh, in a separate conversation when you showed me your map, which kind of like the the theory that at one time yeah. Earth, the was land was all connected. Yeah. You kind of had that that idea with your world so, on a smaller scale. Yeah. But so my 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 thing that i kind of envisioned is that if you really went way back out and looked at it if you looked at it and if all of these continents stopped floating and came together it would almost form a perfect spherical shell around whatever this ocean or core or whatever it is and you can see like the fracture lines in the in the continents and how they might fit together like puzzle pieces and even all the little fractions of mini islands that are out floating by themselves would fit into place you know um and if you actually did that it would it would almost make like one coherent large uh mass that would actually probably be like a really beautiful arid place because you'd have the mountains over here and obviously it would be way smaller than but it would almost make like an america's type of thing you know how we have the huge gamut of every biome almost right in in north america yeah and south america yeah like it's we've we've got huge mountains we've got swamps we've got deserts we've got the highest of the highs the lowest of the lows yeah you know that's kind of the whole thing with with the americas and if you shrunk all this down it would basically be about the size of both of the americas like at least square footage wise you uh-huh. know yeah um and it would make like this really beautiful biome but, but since these pieces were separated the second largest continent is literally just desert yeah there is no discernible water on the surface well, first, so how many continents are there exactly um, that you large, have thus far? Actual large continents that have um, like societies and things on them. I have the main, there's the main continent, there's the desert continent. So that's one, two, th- there's the two poles. So four, five, six. I think there's six um, actual main continents that have 
formed societies and people living on them like as large places all those little islands in between speckled in between they have some things like uh a, a lot of them are used as like pit stops and um places to stay when you're yeah. traveling between continents and things like that people mm-hmm. have taken them to be that and because uh at one point the only way to travel between continents was to either get a wizard or somebody who could teleport you or get someone who was well enough in magic that could like cast fly on you and then that only lasts a certain amount of time right so if you're a wizard who can't teleport but you can fly you need places you need places to rest right and so that was the thing is like there's there were all these old routes that the wizards would use to pass between continents that are like or sorcerers i guess (laughs) that's that are like these little islands and so all of them have these places that were at one point set up because they were waypoints these Mm -hmm. people had to rest in order to get across that huge expanse which was not normal either like people up until a few years ago for reasons i'm sure we'll get into no one went to other continents Mm -hmm. you were on the place you were and you couldn't get across unless you could fly um yeah so yeah it's really interesting Really, and you also need, you know, some places that are dangerous and mysterious for your yeah, people to explore. Exactly, and little islands like that make perfect little yep. places to explore. So yeah, so you have the continents, and you, you kind of talked about one's a big desert. Um, mm-hmm. One was kind of like the like a farmland type place, yeah. right? Um, so, so I guess you have three main ones. So right? the the lar- uh four four main um, ones. the largest main continent is. Um, literally like D D baseline fantasy lots of greens there's forests that's where all the rivers are there's lakes there's a big mountain range there's a few settlements where some of them most of them are like farmland this is like the verdant green everything grows continent so that's where a lot of the food resources for the world come from and things like that that's where all the exports are and things like that um and there's a large main city there too that um uh, you know, is basically the main place for the average folk uh, in the world. And then there's the desert place, which, um, you know, it, it does have people living on it, but no one really knows except those people how they're living there. <laughs> because as far as anyone, most other people can tell, there's no water. These people are nomadic. There are no cities. They just travel across the, the dunes and, and live there like it, like, I'm not going to lie, that whole <laughs> continent is very, very heavily, like, influenced by literally the book Dune. Dune. <laughs> um, just because I love that book so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's the, uh, there's another green continent, but it's very small. And it's, um, in, in my mind, it's almost like a secluded, almost like monastic type of place. Um, kind of influenced by... Um, East Asian culture and some South Asian culture and, and things like that in my mind. I haven't really thought too much about that one yet. It's been the most recent edition. Okay. Um, and then all the way on the bottom right of the map is a continent that's, it almost seems kind of like Australia to me. Like it's kind of over there by itself, kind of small. It's about a, maybe a quarter of the size of the main continent. But yeah. it is edge to edge city. Um, that's, and that that's to, the place that is 
where all of the technology, all of the crystal punk, like that is the crystal punk city. That mm -hmm. is where technology is. That's where uh, uh, Warforged's come from. And they are the city who invents most of the technology and stuff. And they're the first people who literally only maybe a dozen, maybe less years ago when we start, I don't know what it'll be, um, invented flying machines, uh, flying ships. Um, and that is literally when people started actually being able to visit other continents, like the average person mm -hmm. could visit other continents and see the world. Um, and so in on the main continent, like the fantasy continent, you're starting to see that technology sort of start to spread a bit from the main city that's got like a main port in it. Right. Um, yeah. So, I, and again, I really don't have names for most of these yet either. <laughs> yeah. You've My, quite literally have just done this in like what the past yeah. two weeks. Like, yeah, because, because uh, cyberpunk usually is pretty campy, like with how they, name things yeah <laughs> um my actual first idea for the naming of that whole city continent would be literally the city of crystal hmm. um and That's I, cool. I really like, I like that, that um because it's all crystal like crystal yeah. crystal yeah. i just think it fits just a little bit of and a... it makes sense because in cyberpunk literally there's stuff that's like it's yeah it's like uh um night city it's literally called night city in, oh, in cyberpunk yeah cyberpunk yeah. 2077 mm -hmm. it's called night city and mm -hmm. it's just because like it's it's it's, it's all nightlife all night yeah yeah like it's it's yeah. funny to me and so i was like yeah, well and i mean that's naming conventions like that are pretty yeah normal. exactly and you know you can look at our history humans are incredible at naming things either <laughs> right it's like so true we we've like earth i believe is what dirt in like yeah latin yeah, or it, something like that like we call earth earth, earth because dirt. it's made of earth yeah <laughs> it's it's like we're not we're not yeah. incredible and yeah it's like I, I i feel like that's such a trope with a lot of like early writers like i have to think of this yeah. name that no one else has ever heard mm -hmm. of and it has to have all this history and it's like no you should name it red rock because there's red rocks in yeah. that they mine yeah, like here, most, right? like, most towns were either named uh, by the named after the person who found them or named after the first thing somebody saw when they made that city exactly like, <laughs> or we really name it, it after a person or yeah. something like that yeah right? exactly. yeah exactly so I, it would totally work i like it <laughs> yeah so now that you've kind of gotten your world your genre your continent your map have you thought much about uh law and order and government um i I really honestly haven't thought about like a lot of the social structures yet. Um, I mean, obviously the continents I think will have individual governments. Um, the main continent probably is, is a kingdom of some sort uh, where the, you know, that main city that's kind of the, the main port on that, uh, that fantasy continent is, mm -hmm. is like where the kingdom is and where the king is and, and stuff like that. The city might be more of a republic where it's like more of a presidential type thing and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Or it might be even more like cyberpunk where it's basically like the city is ruled by the corporations kind of a thing. That'd be I think that would be really interesting. That's a pretty common punk trope. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I really haven't thought of a lot of the social structures yet um, other than just kind of the baseline um 
and you know the two the two poles are actually really really large continents but there's no civilization on either of them because they're just not habitable Um, great places to explore yeah great places to explore (laughs) yeah no well cool i know you'll get there eventually but it sounds like you're kind of already coming up with ideas that might work yeah yeah i mean i have all sorts of little thoughts but i haven't really put many of them to paper yet yeah gotcha well, so have you thought anything about uh, class divides or um, kind of the dangers in each of these lands? Because um, I know, you know, Dungeons and Dragons is huge on, on the races, right? The, yeah. the species, all different types of species of, of humanoid, which we should talk about one, one of these days that we think the races should be called species and not oh, races. Yes, it bugs me so much <laughs> that they call them races. They're not races. They're different species entirely yeah Uh, they're humanoid but they're different and that's what yeah but anyway we we won't get we will get Um, (laughs) at a later date (laughs) um i i i feel like i i really haven't thought a whole lot about like the how the origins of the different like origins of elves origins of humans origins of dwarves or even whether i want there to be or uh dwarves or elves or whatever you know i haven't thought a lot about those origins and stuff yet i know right now basically the whole world has turned into like a big mixing pot there's not there's hardly any cities or towns where you will find only one main race like living yeah um you know there might be places that were founded by dwarves or something so there's a big dwarf presence but there's not gonna be like one town that you find where it's just all humans and everyone looks at you weird if you're an elf gotcha you know um uh especially the the main large city mm-hmm. um and you know this might go into a little bit about like the origins of the of the planet and like how were there mixed things here if nobody could travel between the continents except yeah by magic up mm-hmm. until this point like how would there be Elves, dwarves, and humans on that city place. If we thought all the elves, dwarves, and humans started on this continent, like yeah. how would that kind of thing work? Um, I'm gonna, definitely going to have to go more into like like this is the weird thing to me is uh-huh. you said I started with the more like macro view, but I feel like I've started in like the middle. <laughs> A lot of people say you should either start with the micro view and like. Make one city mm-hmm. and then build out from there kind of a thing. Like, like kind of like you did. Exactly. Um, yeah. But, and then the other group of people will say, you should start with creation. Uh-huh. How did your world start? Then think about the gods and then the cosmos. Yeah. And then your planet and then the origins of all the races on your planet and all that, like you start at the beginning for everything and then move inward. And I've kind of started in the middle where I'm like, I don't really know that much about like deities or origins of races or anything, but I also don't know a lot about like the individual cities or whatever. So Mm -hmm. it's just kind of, I don't really know a lot of that <laughs> stuff yet well you know I have, I have a few ideas and i and, yeah. and i have i have a pretty definite idea for like the origin of the world mm-hmm. um and how that might work and and i know that i want to keep the pantheon pretty small yeah um i feel like D D 5e especially has easier. has way too many to keep track of you yeah. know 
And I know why they do it because the way that deities work in D and D, that's how it has to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm still kind of figuring all of the origins and stuff out. For gotcha. Sure. No, I love that. And I mean, it's even kind of fun. It's like, even if you don't come up with an answer, that's still kind of a cool thing to just have. Like no one really knows how el- elves got over yeah. to this continent. It's well, like, and, and that's the thing. If, even if I figure it out someday, it's not probably not going to be common knowledge common to pretty much any, like there's already a lot of things I know that I, even right now, I don't necessarily <laughs> want to talk about a lot, like in oh, your presence, tell me because all the there'll secrets be curse. like big mysteries in the world. Yeah. Like why do the continents float? <laughs> and it's like, I can tell you why people think they float, but yeah. I'm not going to tell you why they actually float, <laughs> you know? Um, no, I totally People might be that. right. They might be wrong, but... Mm-hmm. And you got to cherish, when you create something, you got to cherish the secrets. That's the hardest thing for me. It's it's the hardest. I want so bad to just tell you everything that I come up with when I come up with it. Yes. And I'm, I'm slowly learning the lesson. I, I watching critical role and see how Matt, when people like, like, so what's the reason for this? And he's like, you don't know. And yeah. just that grin that he gets, that's just like, you don't know, but I do. And I'm just like, that's what I need. I need to relish yeah. the secrets. Yeah. Because um, I think it's just fun. Yeah. I mean, there's other stuff like that. Like this planet doesn't have moons. It has rings. Um, yeah. That was and, another thing. And those rings about, are yeah. how people keep track of things. And, the, and they're what controls, um, you know, there's not really any oceans, but there's lakes and the rings kind of have an effect on the gravity and, and the tides with that and yeah. stuff. And, you know, there's one large sun that it revolves around and all that kind of thing. It's it's just there's a lot of that stuff that I can tell you what it looks like and things like that. But I don't want to tell you about how it got there because <laughs> yeah. that's part of the fun. No, know? that's totally cool. At least you mentioned it because, yeah, that that's just a cool. A lot of this just seems really cool visually. Yeah. And it's like, man, if it's like if a dream ever were to come true and you get to like ultimately maybe create a book for this um, or just get dumped a lot of money in your pocket <laughs> and you're able to like yeah i want to do this and hire a bunch yeah. of artists that would just be super cool i mean yeah. just what you've yeah, described I, is cool. I, I my favorite thing is that i'm finally getting to use all of the like tropes and thoughts and things that i've had for visuals and stuff that i love and put it into something that other people have told me like whoa that's really cool and i'm like <laughs> it is okay Cool, cool. I'm glad it is. All right, great. But <laughs> okay. it's not just me. You, you know? validated it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Well, so let's get into the technology of this world. That's kind of what sparked this a little bit. Um, the, the specific question I have here um, is like, what's the danger between like tra- traveling from continent to continent? Do you have any sort of ideas and t- the technology that comes with that? And then D&D is known for its monsters. So do you have any sort of idea what might be like the 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 enemies of sorts in this world? I'll answer that question after a short break. Do you have to use yeah, you have to use the restroom or something? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> this would be a great time to put a sponsor. Man. This episode of the Backyard Tabletop is brought to you by water. Stay hydrated, friends. It really is just good for you. Make sure you're drinking water. Okay, back to the show. 
I gotta say, I love the way you like looked at me when I said that because you were like, "Is he is he doing a bit?" Yeah, I, was, I, like, I seriously thought it was a bit. <laughs> I was like, I thought you, I, I literally thought you were saying that because uh, you just wanted a second to think about the question. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. <laughs> no, sorry. No, you're fine, man. That cold brew goes right through you. It does. So, with all of that said, thus far into this podcast, if you made it this far into the podcast, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because we're like, we're probably like 45, 50 minutes into this, and just thank you for listening. So let's talk a little bit about the technology in this world. You've mentioned it on several occasions already. You see, you can talk, specifically what I have written here is like the technology traveling between the worlds. You mentioned it, or or not the worlds, between the continents. Yeah. Uh, And... Are there any dangers that come with that? Uh, and then that would lead into D&D has monsters. So what are the threats in your world, Curtis, that you have thought of? Are you going mm. with like the classic D&D tropes and may, maybe put your own twists on the, the visuals of them and stuff like that? Or do you have anything new you might want to add? And maybe that Kickstarter has a bunch of new monsters that you'll be able to. Yeah, as well, I, I think for sure it'll it'll give me a lot of good ideas of. Uh, things that will fit kind of the feel I'm looking for. Um, so we'll go over technology and stuff first. Um, basically, my idea is is uh, this, and 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 um, I have no issue talking about this because I think if I start a thing in this, this is basically going to be like the part of the paragraph that I tell all the players just so right. they understand the how the beginning. world works. Yeah. Um, essentially. Um, magic in this world, uh, in D and D, it's referred to as the weave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of how magic works in its own kind of dimension and is spread out and is accessible. Um, in this world, it's almost more like a magnetic field that is being uh, that that is almost like in our world where our core creates a magnetic field people in this world have come to understand and recognize that the core of the world, even though no one's ever been there, it is radiating a field of magic that is referred to as... He just did air quotes, everybody. uh, Yeah, air quotes. That a lot that, uh, you know, the more scholarly people like wizards or the scientists or artificers would call um, basically the source. Yeah. Um, And... uh, that's really funny because I named something in my world called Source that you guys will get to in the upcoming campaign. Well, you know what's it's what really else funny. is really funny about that? <laughs> Remember when I was in my uh, game class and we kind of came up with an idea oh, for a video yeah. game together? Yes, magic in that world was, was called, called Source. Source. That's right. I totally forgot the about that. Yeah, that's um, amazing. So I'm kind of calling back to that. That's um, awesome. But this this radiation, this magnetic magic field, is called the Source. Um, and they recognized that there were these crystals that um, kind of naturally occur in the earth of the continents that they've been able to mine and find and even in some cases, um, uh, uh, you know, make artificially um, that can almost absorb and hold energy from this field like a battery kind yeah. of a thing. Um, and then they can redistribute that energy and certain ways such as literally just energy like electricity 
or like you they, mentioned, it can, the battery. It, yeah, or it can be used um, to fuel magical abilities or weapons or things like that. Um, and so basically, people have taken this and it's almost like if our world had... Um, it's almost like if our world had... Like the core of our planet had a radiating wireless electricity source you know, we would probably come up with technology that could pull that out of the air and yeah. harness it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you think about that, it's almost like free energy kind of a thing. <laughs> and so it's like... It's free energy. Right. As long as you have the, tech, the, the, the crystal to harness it, you can do just about anything with it. It's almost limitless. Hmm. Um, Interesting. And so that's my idea that, that you know, this radiating source basically fuels just about everything all of the technology that is made and that comes in a lot of different ways just like in uh cyberpunk or steampunk it it can be uh body modification it can be vehicles it can be um even just normal um like uh just house appliances and things like that yeah. like in the city that like lights and stuff. that main crystal yeah. city it literally looks like a city. Like, it's all bright neon, and, you know, the crystals are all different colors, depending on what they do. Like, I always imagine more of a pinkish hue. Yeah. But there's, like, blue ones and green ones and purple ones, and they all do different things, and, and they're different sizes. That and, classic. Um, yeah, and trope, so yeah. it gives that kind of neon look to the whole city where yeah. the power that's being utilized takes on different characteristics depending on how it's being used. Um and so, you know, there's cars and they can fly and people walk around with a crystal in their eye socket or <laughs> like I said before, or like, uh, like, uh, there's warforged that walk on the street. My thing in this city, this main city of crystal is that, um, their entire, I'll say police force, but guard yeah. is entirely made up of warforged that were purpose built for being the city guard. You know, and so those aren't necessarily made as a human that turned into a warforged. They were completely artificially created. Um, so but you they, might but have they a, still have a, minds and, and things like that. They gotcha. still have uh, a, a sense of agency. sense of agency. You could have a really fun little debate as well on like warforged oh, and like oh, absolutely. humanity and stuff absolutely. like that. Classic Blade Runner stuff. Yeah, you know? like, for sure. <laughs> That's a major trope of, you know, these types of things. Yeah, I, I love I it. I love that that thing. One of my favorite characters in my favorite video game of all time, Mass Effect, is the uh, the Geth that you pick up along the way. His name is Legion. Mm -hmm. And, like, his entire thing is the, the, he comes from a race of AIs where he, uh, uh, each individual body is just electronics, but what inhabits it is... AI programs. Yeah. And the greater the number of programs they are there are, the smarter it gets because they can do processes yeah. faster and faster and mm -hmm. faster. And so his whole thing is like, do I have a soul? Am I real? Mm -hmm. Or am I just an AI? Like that's his whole story, story. arc in the game. Yeah. And I love that yeah. arc. It's so good. It's so good. Um, and I mean, that's why I love Blade Runner so much. Mm -hmm. the, you know, the latest one really kind of grapples with stuff like that. Like, yeah, what is what or, makes you yeah. a human, right? Yeah. It's like, what is this thing that we call humanity? Yep. And it's a fun thing to 
to just explore and、yeah. and think about.、Um, so yeah, I could totally see that be a classic, like classic, fun punk trope.、Yeah. <laughs> um, so and uh, 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 speaking of like technology and and、uh, we'll move into getting across the the places. There's these skyships. Um, and I I think it'll be less of like a treasure planet thing where they're not like they don't look like ships because there's never been a need for boats、yeah. in this world except、exactly. for small ones that can be on lakes and rivers.、Uh-huh. So there are no ships that had sails and、yeah. and rigging and all of that kind of stuff. So whereas that one was kind of the other way around where you can see that these people. <laughs> Travel the cosmos because at one point they had boats, and then we're like, well, we also need to get across that ocean, <laughs> the sky ocean. So we'll make a boat that can do that, but、yeah. it's still just a boat. This will be kind of the other way around, where it's like they've never needed a boat for anything. They've never needed vehicles hardly ever because the continents are so small that you can go somewhere on foot in a week or two. They don't need vehicles. And so it's. I, I still have to come up with the shape it's going to be, but it it would totally be nothing like we've really seen, seen. because the inspiration for it is just going to be like, like maybe it'll be like an actual like almost Da Vinci style like winged machine、oh, that, that flies across. Because <laughs> the be only、fun. reference they have for flying is birds, right? You know, that's a very and that's the only、point. way they can get across. I、um, love that. So yeah, oh, that's、um, gonna be but fun inspiration, my dude. So there's there's a lot of dangers that come with that because what they've kind of discovered, what 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 the smarter people have kind of discovered is that the the continents are almost in a weird precarious balance between the gravity that is pulling them towards the core and some kind of weird force that they think might be connected to the source, but Cannot prove it、mm-hmm. is also pushing them away from the the thing, almost like opposite ends of a magnet. Yeah, kind of like how you can you can make something float if you put a magnet under it and have a magnet on it.、Um, it will、uh, if the opposite ends of the magnet are facing each other, it will overcome the force of gravity and stay floating stay there. there. Yeah, right. It's almost similar to that. Yeah,、um, but they don't really know why.、Um, but <laughs> Basically, as soon as you get below or too far under the the threshold of where the continents sit and float,、Ooh. gravity instantly becomes stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. The closer you get to the core, it's、Order. very easy to if you're not paying attention and you're not sticking to your right altitude to start getting pulled that direction, and that's why. No one has ever come back from trying to explore below the clouds because they can't reach escape velocity from the incredibly powerful gravity that、uh, starts pulling them down from there.、Um, oh man, that just that just gets my mind like going on like fun like legends and, and yeah and tales of like well, what's and, down there. And, and you got to think like if it's survivable down there. There's probably at least a good few hundred people who、yeah. have tried to do that and、mm-hmm. never come back, and maybe they've got like some kind of civilization down there because like, they just never could make it out. You know, almost like being on a stranded island kind、mm-hmm. of a thing. You could go, <laughs> My mind's you could already go going different directions. Yeah, that's yeah. so fun.、Um, but you know, there's also there there's a lot of I I think that in a world that is floating, 
and has air between. You know how we have so many creatures in our oceans yeah. that are bizarre and weird and crazy because we've never explored down there. In the last 10 years, people have gotten the ability to explore between these islands. Who knows what the heck is in those spaces, except instead of all evolving to swim and breathe water, they've all evolved to fly, fly. <laughs> and overcome the forces of gravity that will uh, pull on them if they're too high or too low, you know. That's um, so interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, I've, I've got a lot of ideas for, you know, swapping around some animals to be more winged and, and more uh, uh, towards the skies. Um, and even, oh, even changing, so, even changing some D and D monsters to where just giving them natural fly flight. speeds because it's, it's the yeah. thing. Like in, instead of having so, oceans with millions of different types of creatures in them, they have skies yeah. with millions of different types of creatures. That in them. is a really cool. I didn't even register that. So basically, your skies are your oceans. Yes, yeah, the sky and is the ocean. Yep. That is weirdly beautiful because i'm like imagining like you know like like what normal people would be like sitting at a beach looking mm -hmm. at the ocean there's places where you can just look yep. out onto just basically sky there's, and see there's probably crazy creatures quote, out there. unquote shorelines or beaches at the edges of these continents that People will sit and stargaze because there's no clouds above, like hardly any clouds at least, above you to block the stars. And you can see, you know, flying manta rays in their schools <laughs> and uh, sky whales. It's and, basically Knights of the Old Republic when you're on mm -hmm. Dantooine and there's just mm -hmm. that stingray. That, that's that manta like, ray that's just floating. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's just like bird watching to the, to yep. the 10th degree. Yep. Like that's... That's a really cool idea. Mm -hmm. I love that. You're you're gonna have some fun. Oh yeah, for sure. Gotcha. And then you know, there's there's also still gonna be caverns and and mountains and caves and things like that because these continents are thick. Like mm -hmm. there's room for caves under the underneath ground underneath and stuff. Um, and yeah, even even if you go out and around and under, there might be creatures that live on the bottoms of these. Uh, continents too that, that you've never that nobody ever really sees um yeah all sorts of all sorts of interesting things dang that's gonna be cool man yeah. well the last question i have here mm -hmm. um how would you go about destroying your world <laughs> and what do i what do i mean by that well what are your future ideas for campaigns <laughs> oh okay i was like um I, I really want to take the typical approach of like starting off small. Yeah. Um, I, I think what I really want to do is, yeah, you guys can have your certain origins or whatever. I would love it if you all were from the same small town mm. on this fantasy island, the, the main continent. Okay. Um, and you guys are from one of the, maybe one of the larger cities, but like y you've never seen the main city. You've never uh, seen Crystal like like you guys are like uh, bumpkins who who <laughs> barely even now are starting to get crystal power in your homes like because Ooh. it's spreading that slowly over the continent you know the 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 so like if the continent's a big rectangle on the bottom right 
is the main kingdom of mm-hmm. of, of the the fantasy continent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it is where the main docks are that the uh, city of Crystal has made landing and does imports and exports and all that kind of stuff. Um, but if you go all the way to the top left of the continent, even though it's a small continent, there's still people out there who are like, no, crystal energy is the devil. Uh, we don't use it. It's it's an imbalance of nature. Uh, it's going to make the continents fall out of the sky. Like, you're not meant to travel across yeah. the expanse. Like, don't worry about that. Like, never, never let it get to us. And, you know, there might be one or two people who are starting to see the usefulness of it. And, mm. you know, my plan is for literally there's going to be like cell phones, but they're they're essentially just a small uh, rectangle of semi-transparent crystal yeah. that just has very specific things that it's used for, like communication or uh, news bulletins or things like that. You know, oh, that's going to be so much fun. Um, and people even get them built into their hands or weird things like that. And, you know, like ju- those little bits of the technology are just starting to creep in. And so maybe all of you guys are starting to make your way to the continent. And so you might run into a few things on the way there. And then once you get to the main city, I'm, my plan is for there to be some sort of disruption. Like you guys want to go to Crystal. But they've closed the docks because there's some sort of disruption in the city and you guys mm. want to help solve that. And then so gotcha. I, I slowly want to expand the world in front of you guys. That's I, um, I really like that idea because then it's less like um, having to explain to someone what the city's like and then yes. having to explain someone what the fantasy world is like or mm-hmm. the continent. Now it's like you just explain what this is and then you as the dungeon master is the 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 narrator get to go about yeah introducing it to the players and everyone gets to experience it at the same time right. i think that's a great idea yeah and so so instead of needing to have someone that that acts as you know like in a story you would have someone who knows nothing about what's going on and they act as the audience proxy you mm-hmm. know like yeah. in harry potter harry potter is a wizard but he's never experienced the world of wizardry and so you discover it through his eyes right yeah. mm-hmm. um all of you would be in the same boat. Some of you might be a little more into the technology than others. Some of you might come from a, a very strict parentage and you're a cleric or whatever. And so you don't use the technology ever because it's against your religion or blah, 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 blah. blah <laughs> right, knows. right. You know, uh, uh, and so you would all get these things thrown at you at the same time and you'd be able to come to understand them together. Um, and I think that's what I want to do for, you know, at least the first campaign mm-hmm. to get everyone on the same page about the world so you can all understand it together. And then, you know, if we do one shots or secondary campaign or whatever like that, you can start wherever because yeah. then you know about the world. Then you know about it. Um, and we might not even explore every continent in the yeah. campaign. I have a lot of big ideas for like the big bad and what the <laughs> what the huge main overarching threat is going to be but what i really want to do is i want that to be the secondary thing i want the huge main overarching threat to always kind of loom over you guys okay but i want i want to make it player driven yeah i want you i want to work individually with the people and help you build your backstory and incorporate it into the world and then take that and make it a story beat and mm-hmm. build it into 
the story so that um it'll be a quest at yeah. some point you know exactly that'll be something that you guys will have to resolve because mm -hmm. if you're working together it's going to need to be something that you can do yeah um and i i just really i think it's so much more fun for the players when they have a um you know a a say in what is happening in the story mm -hmm. or at least uh, a reason other than i'm an adventurer and i like to go on adventures <laughs> I like to do things yeah you know to be incorporated into yeah. this adventure something i've also experienced is that like i could be writing all day and world building all day but it really doesn't feel like it's real until the players interact with it interact with it it's like the players are the lifeblood to the world yeah. at that point and yeah and even bring up stuff that I never even really considered. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's, okay, let's use this. And now I'm going to, now I can take that idea and, and write something about it. And part of me wants to leave parts vague yeah. in my world building. I don't want to know exactly how many people live in this city, exactly who every single person is, what every shop does, what every shop owns. I want to leave some of those details vague so that it leaves room for the the role play and the coming up with things on the spot because m I don't want it to just feel like my world that I'm letting you guys play around in. Yeah. I want it to feel like a world that you guys have had an influence on and can enjoy and be a part of. Mm -hmm. Because if all I do is say this is what's in my world. You are now there. What do you do? Mm -hmm. I can say, this is what I've started with. What do you want to play? Yeah. Who do you want to be? And what effect do you want to have on the world? Just like you let me in your game, basically create a town. <laughs> yeah. Because my, my story revolved around the town's uh, founding and destruction and things like that. You you put that thing on the map because I yeah. wanted it there. And it was really cool. And I love it. And then, I, I want to leave it open enough for that kind of stuff to be doable. That's really cool. I think that's brilliant. And there's often things that I like to keep in my head. Mm -hmm. I don't like to write down for yeah. that reason. Because improv yeah. is just a huge part of this game. And being able to improv a moment and and run with it. Yeah. at the table and then like okay take that note later i'm gonna talk about this <laughs> yeah and, and i think the nicest thing about building your own world is you have the capability to change those things at the drop of a hat exactly you know i can maybe have all these ideas about how this particular technology works and things like that or what this city's gonna look like but if one of the players comes to me and says hey um this is a character I want to play. This is a character I want to build and do. And this is what I want their story to look like. I'm going to go, okay, here's how we can make that work. And I'll yeah. start changing things. Like, I think the main thing with any game I want to play in this world is, uh, at least the main one that we do in this world, I want to work very, very closely with every player discover the story that they want to tell with their character mm -hmm. and the background that they want to have with their character and make sure that it is entirely and completely coherently melded into the world. Yeah. 
because then it feels so much more authentic. It's so rewarding too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is a great place to leave off this podcast, <laughs> Curtis. Um, I hope you enjoyed the interview. That was a great conversation. Yeah, it was great. Did I do a, did I do a, did I do a good job? Yeah, you did a great job. Yeah. I felt very welcome. Okay. Well, thank you. And I, um, and I felt uh, even more um, uh, authenticated because you brought up stuff that I had barely mentioned in the past. <laughs> and we're like, when we talked about this before, this was something you mentioned. Can you expound on that? I'm yeah. like... Oh, he listened. <laughs> well, but of course, Curtis. <laughs> but of course. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Backyard Tabletop Podcast. Uh, my name, as always, pretty much since I was born, is Jacob. And my name, for at least the past 10 minutes, has been Curtis. Uh, you all take care. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.